All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 81 of the Ring Shrinks. It's a mailbag episode. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. The tide's rolling in, the sun's going down, the moon's coming up, the stars are all out. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for a good time, good time. All right, Mots, how about that new intro? We got Rob Bellamy playing one-two step. Our boy, he's going to be playing at the MGM Music Hall at Fenway Park on September 3rd with Fired Up. Yeah, dropping some beats, our boy. He's such a good artist, uh, has has such a talent, writes all of his songs, and uh, he's handsome as heck, too. So if you want to get in touch with him dm him right uh you got the information there brian yeah dm him uh rob bellamy music on instagram that's how you can hit him up for tickets he's going to be open up for our other boy dalton and the sheriffs brian scully and the crew uh like i said uh september 3rd at the mgm music hall new venue uh it's basically attached to fenway park so really really cool big accomplishment for bells and really cool of you know scully and, and dalton and the sheriffs who have a huge following getting bells in the mix with fired up we're going to be there it's going to be awesome so thanks for uh to, to to bells for dropping some beats for us to open up the show yeah it's going to be awesome that place is pretty cool too um when they're building i was able to walk through it and they uh you know the, the finished product is it's small enough but it's going to be a nice venue for uh for bells to get his feet wet and uh, be a launching pad for him so we're pumped and uh, looking forward to seeing everyone on september 3rd yeah, so Mott's mailbag episode, like we mentioned, uh, a lot going on this week, even though it's, you know, August here. I can't believe the summer is, is. I mean, it's, God, it'll be hockey season before we know it, that's for sure. we got the street hockey tournament coming up. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out before we really get going. Uh, our most recent guest, Ryan Wasofsky, was named assistant coach of the San Jose Sharks. So we gave him a little rink shrinks uh, bump, I guess, so. Really cool for that, and and I know you know last week when we were talking to him and we would do do did the interview, uh, we were talking about him potentially getting an NHL job and stuff, and then that broke like you know when the episode was released. So special uh, shout out to a uh, boy Ryan Wasowski and and being named assistant coach of the Shocks. Yeah, just really proud of him. You know, he's done things the right way, and when you just talk to him, you, you hear about his approach and uh, how he relates to his players. So. He's going to do a great job at that level. Um, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a rebuild there, but he's uh, definitely in a good position with the management and um, and the staff there. So he's gonna he's gonna get right into it and hopefully bring his winning ways. So, congrats to Rye, and you know we'll be uh, we'll be rooting you on. Absolutely. Uh, we're fired up, like we said. A um, lot of energy, August 6th, so we're recording this on Wednesday, but uh, Saturday when you guys are, you know, you've hopefully listened to this show already, we'll be heading down bright and early down to the Kingston Collection uh, for our street hockey tournament. we got the Hockey Fest guys coming in town. We're going to have a lot more information at the end of the show after we uh, wrap up the questions, but again, that... Um, Location is the Kingston Collection, 101 Kingston Collection Way in Kingston, Massachusetts, about a half hour from Boston. We got a lot of people that are uh, going to be coming down and coming through. We're uh, we're extremely excited for a, for a you know fun filled day of a lot of events and stuff like that, right, Mots? Yeah, and we just would like to thank all the sponsors sponsors who stepped up and supporting the 
the tournament um, and all the people that signed up. It's it's going to be a really fun day. You know, it's just a lot of planning. You know, behind the scenes work from the girls and and uh, Jersey. But we uh, we're going to pull this thing off and we're going to have fun doing it. So I'm pumped. You know, getting yeah. a lot of feedback from people who are excited to get down there and go and try and win a championship. Yeah, I, I I told everybody pack the coolers. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a hot day, so make sure everybody stays hydrated. Kids, waters and Gatorades, and adults, you do you do what you do. Yeah, you do you. <laughs> you do you. You do you. We're 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 behind you. We'll be joining you. Uh, I uh, I wanted to talk about. I I saw a, a quick article. I didn't read the whole thing, but Andrew Kopp, who uh, obviously has had a successful um, you know NHL career so far, obviously was part of New York's uh, run last year, and now just signed a nice little ticket about a thirty million dollar deal with the Red Wings. But uh, I was reading the article about him. And, you know, he believes one of the biggest reasons uh, he is with the Red Wings is because he played high school football and did not specialize in hockey. Um, Mots, I don't know if you know much about him, but pretty cool story and, and pretty good read. I mean, I saw he was, you know, football player, grew up in the um, Ann Arbor, um, you know, Michigan area, played high school football, set a bunch of uh, bunch of records and was just, you know, a, a hell of an athlete as a quarterback and you know, passing records and things like that. But, you know, him utilizing the multi-sports, even at the high school level, um, you know, that's, you know, it, it's him who said it. He believes that's why he's had this the success that he's had in the NHL. Yeah, when I was on the um, the NHL network, we were talking about some of the trades that the Rangers made. And Cop was a really big factor in that run that they made. And, you know, one of the reasons, one of the things that I brought up was that he is an athlete first and then, He's a very, you know, he's a quality hockey player, but setting uh, Michigan State records uh, in high school for passing yards, you know, it's no joke, you know. You know he, I guess someone has to catch him too, but uh, <laughs> we'd love to see the receiving core that he had. But at the end of the day, he can play up and down the lineup. He's versatile, and uh, that just goes back to his athletic background. So we're, it was really cool to see that. And just kind of another reminder to all the listeners about just being – a well-rounded athlete and then specifying in hockey as you as you kind of get older but um you know the longer you can go playing other sports um the benefits will, will really uh, pay off as far as yeah those tangible skill sets you know absolutely he went on you know was a captain of michigan as a junior had a really really good career and um you know big 10 player of the year and things like that and and you know again it's just because you know, he learned uh, by playing other sports and not just being that specialist, uh, you know, playing hockey year round at, at such a young age. So I just like to see it. And obviously, I like to shout out those type of stories. Uh, speaking of shout outs, so new sponsor alert. We're extremely we're extremely excited to be partnered up with Spox Hockey. Obviously, you can uh, you can go to SpoxHockey.com, S-P-A-R-X uh, hockey, if you don't know how to spell hockey. Um, well, that's an issue, but, uh, we're excited up, you know, Steve Jones, who we've been talking to quite a bit, fellow UNH Wildcat, um, and, (laughs) um, but, you know, so excited to be potting up with those guys. Obviously I've talked about my Spox machine, uh, that I've used and, and really, you know, loved. And one of the things that I like most about it is just, it, you know, alleviates the pressure of the parents having to go do it or lugging the skates to, you know, the local pro shop or wherever it is or banking on a, uh, 
you know, a, a rink to have a skate shop. And we all know how it is getting people to work these days. So to be able to, you know, I have my 10 year old, my 12 year old, like they shop in their skates on their own. They're able to use the, the Spox machine. It's super easy. And, um, you know, it, it, and it gets the job done. It really, really puts a heck of an edge on the skates. Uh, obviously, when I'm, whenever I'm playing, I use it, and, and we're really excited about those. So make sure you check those guys out. Um, Mott's the website, SparksHockey.com. And, again, it's a heck of a deal. When you think about the money that you're going to save, especially if you have multiple kids playing, uh, I think, you know, a new shopper is about 800 bucks, and you buy the, the, the radius wheels and things like that. But if you go onto the website right now, it's limited time, free shipping. Use the code FREESHIP. 22 at checkout um so make sure you hit those guys up mots i know you're in the process of getting one yeah i got i got an old school blade master that um you know it takes some skill to to work that machine but i can't wait to get my hands on the sparks uh you know product and you know i'll be shopping a, a ton of skates uh, i'm gonna be coaching my uh, daughter's team this year so i'll just be throwing them in the back of the truck and popping them on for whoever needs them but uh, I've seen it in action and we, you know, we have one for the Bruins alumni locker room as well. So pretty, uh, it d- does a great job on the sharpening. Um, you know, I lost a, a wheel. I blew a wheel halfway through the game. Blew a tire. Yeah. I'm like, I, I need a, I need a little touch up and it was just, you know, in and out and when, uh, back going ahead one and three, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Playing against the Waltham squirt C dads. <laughs> Hey, it still counts on the you know score sheet. So. On the game sheet. Yeah. But um yeah, no, it's, it was so happy and we appreciate Steve stepping up and um you know partnering up partnering up with us and should be uh should be great to see and we'll continue to talk about it throughout the season here. Yeah, they're also, you know, we talked about the street hockey term. They're gonna be down there. They have their Spox van and they're gonna have some tables and different giveaways and things like that set up. So they'll be down at the at the street hockey festival this Saturday. Um, and if you want, bring your skates down. They have no problem. They're gonna have some guys there that work for the company. They'll buzz your skates and see how you like it. Try it out. And trust me, once you once you start it and once you start, you know, shopping your skates with the Spox machine, you're never gonna wanna go back. And trust me, for your family, especially if you're you know, you're on the ice quite a bit and, and things like that. It just it makes your life that much easier to throw it in your basement or your garage. And literally all you need is a table and, you know, a, a, a power source. You plug it in like you would anything else, like your microwave. And uh, next thing you know, you got a fresh, fresh edges on the wheels. Love it. Love it. Uh, so once again, thanks to those guys. I, I, I do want to shout out, I know a couple kids, early commitments, um, you know, the way that they do it now. Back in the day, Mots, I want to ask you, when were you, when did you commit to um, BC? Um, it was, I think, November of my senior year. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Was that late or was it like that was kind of the... Yeah, that was late. So yeah, there's there's a, a whole story behind it, but I I think this podcast is only like an hour long, so <laughs> we'll we don't have time. The campfire. Oh yeah, uh, we'll save it for Saturday around the campfire, and anybody that wants to hear Mont's commitment story, I'll put it in Mont's moment. Uh, no, I was yeah, I, I just wasn't you know too worried. <clears throat> kind of went about the process and then um, committed to BC during my football season. <laughs> That's always good. Hey, yeah. Andrew Cop, Mike Motto. Here we <laughs> right. go. Real similar. No, but it was good. Um, yeah, just kind of went to a couple different schools and um, 
you know, I wanted to go to BU in the worst way, and you know, they just didn't have a full scholarship, so I just kind of waited it out and went to Michigan. And then I was like, ah, this doesn't feel like BC, so I'm like, I guess I want to go to BC. That's how it worked out. So. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's changed because there was, a, and the reason why I asked because, you know, there was that it was kind of like right after me with guys. And I was talking um, to my brother about it last night. Like, I think he committed to UNH as like a freshman, you know what I mean? And I know, I remember, you know, the Adam Pinos of the world and there was kids in like seventh, eighth grade committing to schools. And I know the NCAA, they kind of, you know, they started to monitor that stuff a little bit better. And now I think it's going into your junior year. Um, You know, as of August 1st, you can verbally commit to a school. And, you know, I know one of our former guests, um, Sean Skahan, his son, Will, committed to um, Wisconsin. And, you know, Jerry's Keefe's son, who's actually, you know, funny enough, but the coach at Northeast and his son committed to go play for J.P. Pandolfo at BU. And there was a bunch of other guys that, you know, early commitments, but, you know, so special shout out to those guys. I remember obviously going through the process and, you know, I didn't commit to UNH um, till the end, like right after the hockey season of my junior year. And maybe I was just a little bit more worried than you were, Mots. You know what I mean? I, I got the offer and we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Uh, but no, I, I, you know, I went and visited and, and you know, met with a bunch of schools and, and things like that, which was it was cool to see the process and get to know some of the other coaching staffs. Um, but like we talked about with Ryan Wasowski last week, you know, UNH is a place that, you know, I felt the most comfortable. I felt the most wanted and that's where I ended up. I, you know, like you said, I wanted to go to BU, uh, in the worst way. Obviously Michael Davis was there as the assistant coach at the time and Ryan Whitney, Brian McConnell guys that I grew up playing with were, um, a, a great ahead of me and they were already, you know, planned on going to BU and things like that. So I would have loved to go, but you know, I just didn't get as much love to at BU than as I did at UNH. And ultimately, you know, for me, it ended up probably being, it, it definitely was the best decision that ever happened for sure. Yeah. And, you know, like you were saying before about, you know, the, you know, congr- congratulatory uh, shout outs, but like you said, the, the work starts now for these guys to continue the development and continue to, you know, be better every time they step on the ice. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a jump up for, these guys, they're still a couple years away, but uh, congrats to those guys, and um, we'll, we'll be keeping tabs on the local guys and the guys that we know for sure. Well, I think that's a it, it's a good point you bring up too, Mots, because it's it's strictly just a verbal commitment at this time. And the school, like if they don't continue to progress and get better, like we've seen it plenty of times in the past where schools have been like, oh, hey, sorry, we don't have enough room. I'll go to a year of juniors, and then next thing you know – you know, they committed there as a, a sophomore or a junior and they get pushed off three, four years. And the kid that's committed to, you know, one school ends up, you know, going to another place. Right. So it's strictly a verbal commitment at that point in time. And if you don't continue to develop and progress, then, you know, they can basically pull the shoot on you. And the same thing, you know, that being said, you might decide as a commit committee, like, you know what, I don't really want to go to BU. I want to go to UNH or, or you know, BC or wherever it may be, you know what I mean? So, and I think that the, the kids that, you know, aren't getting those early looks, like stay the course, continue to get better, continue to work hard. And, you know, like you're Ryan, right. He's going into his junior year and like those type of guys, like, Hey, continue to put in the work. And it's a, it's still a long road. Like there's not, you know, just because you're not committing somewhere early doesn't mean your hockey career is over. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that everyone kind of falls into the trap of when, you know, you program jumping or even now in this space, you know, those commits and you start worrying about it. I mean, at 17 years old, you still have four years possibly before you can, you can go in because the model at a lot of schools is they're bringing in older freshmen. So it, it is a couple years of junior or whatever. So that you can't, you don't have to sit, sit there and be like, oh, I didn't commit. So, you know, the window's closing. It's right there. It's still as open as you want it to be. And you still have some runway, but you, you know, the time is now to like continue to keep pushing and getting better. And, uh, you know, things will work out. So at whatever level it is, and that's the cool part, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there to play and, you know, and get a good education. So, but yeah, look at, was it, was it Minnesota state that, I mean, they won't even, they'll, they'll push you off to that. Like they don't want freshmen coming in at 18 years old. Like you're not coming in there until you're at least 20, 21 years old. They want, you know, fully grown, developed men. Yeah. And that's one of the things that some of these top end schools are fighting against because they're able to get the top end talent at 18 years old or 19 and then it's a one and done or two and done and the program is always having turnover and they can't win consistently at that level when you're playing against 22 to 24 year olds who are just a a bigger stronger heavier maybe more coachable understanding you know situational you know awareness a little bit more um so that's how i've been seeing that the college game has been trending and um you know so that with with that in mind, you know that you still have a few few years to, you know, catch on with a team if uh, you're you've been overlooked at an earlier age. Yeah, well, like you said, uh, all good points, and you know, shout out to those early verbal commits. But like we said, you know, the work starts now. Like, keep on grinding, and and if you're not one of those early commits, there's still a lot of room, and that's our message. Like, there's still a ro- lot of room to grow and go out work, and it's you know. There's so many Division One programs out there now, uh, and you know Division Three, Division Three, all across college hockey. That you know you'll you'll get there if you put in the work and the effort and your training on and off the ice. Um, TSR Hockey is uh, kind enough to provide us with the official Street Hockey Tournament T-shirts. I've actually gotten a couple texts and 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 you know messages about this. Um, you know you're not going to have to bring your own jerseys. TSR is providing. Uh, t-shirts that every team, you know, whatever, you're the red, white, whatever your, your, your color is going to be. So TSR, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky to have those guys as a partner there in the process of doing up all the official street hockey uh, tournament t-shirts right now. All the kids that are registered will be provided a team t-shirt and be looking sharp. They'll have all the sponsors, all that good stuff on them. Um, they're also uh, making sure we have ring shrinks hats for sale. So if you're coming down, uh, be sure to pick one up of pick up a, a new fresh fresh lid mott yeah uh, i need one you, yeah i know yours looks like you've been doing yard work in it for 60 years um <laughs> we hope those guys uh had a great tent sale at, last week looks like it was a lot of fun with their uh how to shot contests and um you know free character drawings things like that the tsr team and corporate sales department can always uh outfit your team in the top brands and sports apparel ensure that your team looks the best by visiting tsrhockey.com yeah we really appreciate their support and their help with uh the big street hockey festival and and they're just doing a great job they're great partners to work with so be sure to check them out tsrhockey.com uh march you want to read the uh the first mailbag episode dip into the mailbag dip into the old mailbag here we go all right 
What's up, fellas? Love the podcast. I have an issue with my U18 team this year. Our original goalie backed out, so I'm scrambling to find another goalie. I may have found one, but after talking to the parents, there's some red flags. <laughs> For example, his mom told me that he's not a practice goalie. He's a game goalie. <laughs> and what she meant by that was he doesn't like practice because he doesn't get breaks like the forward and defenseman do during drills. He's constantly taking shots. I don't um, ask much of my players, but I do require every player to commit and give 100% regardless of their ability. Should I give this kid a chance? Move on to the next candidate. Thanks, guys. Big E. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. Big E. Um well, I think we've you know we've definitely addressed this in the past, and you know it is difficult for goalies. Um, first of all, definitely some red flags if Mummy is uh, is is talking about a U eighteen goalie who doesn't want to um, you know get work too hard in practice. Get work too hard in practice. That's definitely a red flag. So my initial thought to this is move on to to you know Plan B or whoever the next kid down the pipeline is and make sure that he's going to show up and practice hard. But again, we've talked about goalies and I think it, 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 it you know, it's a conversation piece. And I, I know I talked to Mikey is about it. I think after the, the last time, um, you know, who's the assistant coach at BC and was my goalie at UNH and, you know, goalies, they're, they're in a difficult spot and, you know, because they are getting shot after shot up, you know, especially flow drills and things like that. So you got to, you know, talk to your goaltenders about dialing in, and focusing, um, you know, as much as they can and, and working on different things. And maybe they're not, you know, trying as hard as possible on every shot that they're facing. But, hey, at the end of the day, a good goalie and a goalie that wants to be a good goalie, his job is to keep the puck out of the net. And so good goalies, they practice hard. You know, they want – in much you played with one of the best ever. Like, you know, why am I answering this? You should talk to him. Like, what did? how did Marty Brodeur deal with that? Was he a practice goalie or just a game goalie? He was a practice goalie was like who get rattled if he let in a goal in practice. He would have second effort saves in practice, even on some shooting drills. But to your point, BY, um, you know, there's there should, you know, in, in Big E just have you know, this in mind as well, you know, when you construct your practice, you know, you can have a shooting drill you can talk to the goalie. If you're going to stick with this kid, you know, this is, you know, stay, stay up, work on your angles, feel the puck, you know, like the first, you know, maybe couple drills, but then you got to dial it in. You, you take your practice habits to the games. So that's why when I look in at what Marty Bredour accomplished through his career, he was an exceptional competitor along with his skill set, but, you know, you don't turn it on and off, especially as a goaltender. Um, so I think it's some a conversation that you can have, but you, I think you could work with them, you know, by constructing or letting them know what type of drills you're going to be doing, and then you know, put it on him. You know, how good you want to be, and then um, you know, you can go from there. But like a lot of you know, if you're doing like two on ones and stuff, like you you, you got to be dialed in. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I was gonna, I I was just thinking the same thing. So if you're doing like you know defensive zone or you know, like three on two down lows they're like those are game situation two on ones one on ones like you know point shots with tips different like there's so many different ways you structure but like that's a goalie's job like you have to be dialed in and focused and ready to go like hopefully you have two goalies that they you know, you, you know distributing 
um, the shots up. But again, like goaltending is, is so much of a mindset. Like you have to be that guy that just hates to see pucks going in your net. And I've talked about it before. Like every good goalie that I ever played with, like they wouldn't start a drill. Like if there was a puck in their net, mm. they hated to see it. They hated I, it. I love that. I hate, and, and, and like, you know, even at the younger age, it was like, even, you know, I remember talking to my Mike goalies and things like that when, when, you know, back when I had them, but it was like, Hey, like you don't want any pucks in that net. Like, don't, don't be satisfied. And I, I think as was the one that was telling me, it was like, you know, if it, they were do doing, you know, like if they were doing like a, a, a drill where the pucks kind of had to be like, they would like pile them up, like put them in the corner where they were all like, you know, perfectly kind of placed into one side of the net. So they knew like, all right, these are like, these pucks don't really matter. You know what I mean? But it still like pissed them off that they were even in the net. So they had to like organize them properly, you know? (laughs) No, I I think that's amazing because, you know, I I did um, like a skate over Christmas or maybe it was Thanksgiving, but and the, the goalie was like firing pucks out of the net. Like it was just a pickup skate, but I, and just, got him out and then everyone had to like pick him up and put him on the bench yeah. i'm like i love that that's fine yeah absolutely put him in the pocket right. yeah no good question from big e there and and hopefully we uh we we helped you out a, with a little bit of guidance there uh all right i get the second one here this is from scott wittensville in massachusetts hey guys uh, my son is a little older and is beginning his first year of junior hockey this fall. Over the past few summers, to help pay for the cost of his hockey tuition, I have uh, worked at a college baseball stadium which hosts AAU tournament tournaments as a facility sp- uh, supervisor. Uh, we don't allow pets that aren't service animals into the facility, and I have gotten into numerous arguments with parents who are upset, uh, upset they cannot bring their dogs into the stadium to watch little Johnny play baseball. LOL. Since that time, I have noticed more and more dogs in the rinks. I happened to be at the New England Sports Center in Marlboro last fall, and they had um, plastered signs at every entrance saying that no pets were allowed unless they were service animals, which leads to my question. What is your opinion on parents slash spectators trying to bring their dog with them into the hockey rink to watch practices or games? I love the show and keep up the great work. So interesting question, but I'm a dog guy, right? I don't know if I would bring Bailey to the rink, though. Um, she I can't see much in there. No, she can't. No, she's <laughs> she'd have to be up in the balcony. Uh, I I don't know. I, it's, I'm kind of torn. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. But if I was like the rink manager and there's like fur everywhere that I get to sweep up, I wouldn't be too happy. But um, I would just say no pets allowed i'm gonna go like i I really don't think like dogs in the rink really it really doesn't bother me you know what i mean like it doesn't bother me i just i I mean as far as like just making a rule i mean who knows i like i'm i'm totally torn but i love dogs by the way that's not i know well nothing against you know all right, well, you're going to go no dogs allowed unless it's a service pet. And I'm saying dogs, like, just bring them in. Why not? Yeah. If you want to bring them, like, you know, as long as they're not, like, vicious and running around, if they're on a leash and they're kind of just hanging next to you, like, well, just let them stay there. Like, dogs want to get in, get involved. And sometimes, you know how it is with, with, you know, hockey parents and things like that. They're gone. They're at the rink. 
yeah. from eight in the morning till five at night. Like, you know, now little, uh, you know, little buddy, the dog, uh, you know, Sophie or Bailey or, you know, what are those other dog names we had going on Pete, a while back? Pete, yeah, Bob, Pete, Bob. Yeah, Bob. I love the like Bob the stuck in the house all day. Like, what if I want to bring little Bobby to the rink? You know what I mean? Yeah. There was, uh, we did post something. You're going to leave gonna... him in the car? No, you can't do that. Can't do that, especially if it's hot out. So let let Bob in. Let him in. I remember let we him... posted something a while back with the dog. His paws were up. He was actually like watching the game. Yeah, he was into and it. It was like a hit, and he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a fan. I mean. He was a fan. Yes, Bob, I think I Bob. just swayed you. I know, Bob. Um, yeah, that's it's an interesting, an interesting question or kind of take because you know it can go either way. I, I I'm not I'm like kind of indifferent on it, but I mean the first time like that one of the dogs takes a big juicy dump in the rink, I'd probably change my mind. You know what <laughs> I mean? Know. But I guess they're walking around. Most of them would probably be pretty good where they're not mocking their territory inside the rink. There's no grass or anything in there, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's gonna be like a little dog park in the rink. Yeah. Hey, there is everywhere else in the world. Why not? Uh all right, good question though. You get the next one here? Well, it looks like we have uh, a voicemail. Oh but before we get to it, uh let's talk about cross country mortgage. If you own a home and haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devin and see if it makes sense for you. Evo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put more money into savings or other project projects. Check them out at chrisdevin.com. Yeah, Devo obviously helps you save a couple bucks at the end of every month, and you can uh, spend spend some money on those hockey tournaments and, and new twigs and new skates and all that type of stuff that you can buy up at TSR, right? Or maybe that Spock skate shop in the machine. You know what I mean? We're all about saving people money here. So hit up exactly. uh, Chris Devin. At um, hit Devo up at chrisdevin.com. Yeah, now let's, some, uh, let's hear that some, voicemail, right? Or some dog food. <laughs> Hi, my name is Simon. Simon, I'm a tier one player from Alberta, and I love hockey. My favorite player is Sidney Crosby, and I want to play like him one day. I watched the Brick tournament this summer and really want to play on that team. What should I focus on so I can make the team after tryouts in fall 2023? Thanks. I love the question from a from the little guy. That's great. So yeah, you know that brick tournament's a you know, a big tournament for some, and um, you know it can be a goal for you as a, as a younger player. Uh, it's not the end all be all, but a lot of the stuff we talk about is you know really building that foundation with good skating. Number one, at that age, you continue to work on your edge work transitions uh efficiencies on edges and then you know just be a student of the game and absorb as much as you can watch as much hockey as you can and then start emulating some of those uh plays that you see some of your you know your Sidney crosby plays that you know he's so special to watch and there's some really good footage of him practicing and working on those mohawks and then he, how it applies to games and you know that's one thing where you could start at this age and and just keep working at it on and off the ice. But I think that's a great guy to look at and uh, try try and work your your game around his, um, you know, skill sets. And, you know, you'll be in good shape. And we wish you the best, man. Thanks yeah, for the absolutely. Call. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mots. I think good points. The only thing I'd add is, you know, work on your passing and your shooting. Like, you know, the fastest 
the fastest thing on the ice is the puck, right? So if you can work on making the players around you better and, and you know, passing the puck and, and um, making good hockey plays. And obviously, you know, if you have a, a good shot and you're working on your hands and, um, you know, can put the biscuit in the basket, that always helps, right? Every team needs a needs a goal scorer out there. So keep up the hard work. And we really appreciate the, uh, the little man calling in and getting some advice. That's good stuff. Um, I love it. I love it. Mots, let me get to the uh, the next question here. I know you guys uh, promote doing multiple sports and taking a break from, from the hockey grind come the spring, as do I. In your professional career, have you met guys that were just hockey 365 days a year, extremely successful, and would promote the alternative from Dan? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as some pro guys really just like to stay on the ice. Um I still took a break and let my body heal a bit and then got in the best shape possible off the ice in the gym. And then, you know, it would translate to the ice as it got going. But every once in a while, I was like, or every year, actually, I'd be like, oh, this is the year it's not coming back. Uh Oh, and then it just takes a little bit of time to get your legs under you and your hands going and everything. But Connor Garland and Zach Parisi would be the two that I, I know personally would like to stay on the ice and, work on those transitions, the edge work. It's not real taxing on your on your body, but um, you know, it just keeps them sharp. You know, everyone kind of has different ways of staying, you know, on top of their game. And my way was, you know, how I went with about it. But there are some guys that would would definitely promote the uh the alternative of staying on the ice. Yeah, I think you know, some guys definitely like to stay sharp and work on their skills and, and edges and, you know, skill de- development type of stuff, especially as they got older. But I think the the common th- theme from all of our guests has been, you know, they needed some, you know, I would say at least 90% of our guests have said like they needed and enjoyed that break and getting away and playing other sports and things like that. So, you know, at the younger age groups, like I don't think – um anybody has really you know and even connor and zach and those guys like when they were younger they all played different sports they all right you know did different things to you know whatever for like injury prevention to get away from it and and you know get out of the rink a bit and stay fresh and not get burnt out like now that they're in their professional careers and they're you know continuously like mine you know working on their craft i think it's a little bit um different but i think the common theme for every one of our guests has always been that at the younger age group, um, you know, focus on playing, you know, picking up a lacrosse stick or a baseball glove or, you know, playing flag football, soccer, different sports and things like that. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, um, you know, hockey shape is one thing. So some guys don't like to get out of hockey shape, but, uh, when you do it, when you did play another sport, I remember trying out in the fall back in the day and I didn't skate much at all in the, in the summer i'm like oh man this i'm not gonna make this you know might a team randolph stoughton avon holbrook yeah mohawks know, the mohawks but um but at the end of the day it's it you know it's personal preference but it is good to have a break uh it gives your body a break and you know if you work on a different kind of transferable skill set you'll uh you know you're using other muscles and then you know you get back to into the grind of of skating because it's not a natural movement, but you kind of give that little rest to uh, those, those muscles that are working in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
All right. Hey, gents. I uh, love the show. I'm heading into my eighth year as a youth hockey coach. Uh, started in squirt and moved up through the high school level. This will be my fourth year at the high school level. I also serve on the board as board as the director of coaches. Curious as to what your thoughts are on parents dictating who their kids coaches. We are a smaller association. I grew up in a similar size organization. I have never in my life gotten to decide who my coach is for the upcoming season. You would think that the parents are playing, not the kids. I get the parents are uh, paying for the kids to play, but I do not feel uh, they should be the ones deciding who their kids coaches. Personally, I don't think the kids care at all. They just want to play. It's all parents. Curious uh, to what your thoughts are on the parents being able to dictate the coach for their kids. What do you think, Mott? Um. Yeah, I, I think there's it depends on you know the, the person. If if there is a problem got uh coach that, that deals with the kids in not a great way, um they, that's the only way that I could see maybe some parents having a little bit of a a stink and wanting to have a say. But other than that, no. There's that's there's no room for that. I just think that there's it's good for kids to have different voices, even if say a parent isn't on board. Um you know, if it's not coming from, from them, from home or, you know, whatever tactics they use as parents, you know, it's always good to have another voice, uh, especially as a coach. And, you know, you always, you know, growing up, I was always taught to respect whatever coach was there and, you know, you listen and you try to execute the best you can, you know, you can have some disagreements, but ultimately the coach is the coach and you listen to them. And um, I don't think there, there's any place for parents to be able to, dictate who um who the coach is unless that that coach is somewhat of a problem or has a history of problems with dealing with kids yeah i think in that smaller associations where they you know they might have you know a certain guy that coaches the might a team and then the squared a team and kind of go all the way up um i think that's a pretty cool format and it's pretty you know it's a it's a cool philosophy and i think one of the you know biggest messages i took and ryan wasofsky had so many good ones but like he learned from every single coach that he had like even the bad coaches are guys that he didn't like as much as as the others but he took like little tidbits of information and it molded him into the coach that he is today you know what i mean like he remembered the things that the bad coaches and said to himself like you know what, I'm never going to do that if I'm running a bench someday or, you know, running a locker room and things like that. And then the, you know, the, the positive influences, um, you know, he really, you know, took those to heart and really tried to, you know, mold his way of coaching into that type of thing. So I think it's good to, you know, not every coach is going to be perfect. That's a fact. And, you know, if you could pull in and, you know, myself personally, I, I grew up with, you know, a lot of good coaches and, and, you know, but I, I always felt like, you know, if I take a little bit from this guy and a little bit from that guy, and like, that's going to mold me into the kind of the person that I am to, today. If you, you know, just are stagnant and have one coach your whole life, then, you know, you're never going to get that. And I mean, I think nowadays, most of these guys are getting coached by, guys in the summertime and different leagues and, you know, going to different skills camps and things like that. So again, if, you know, if you take a little bit of information from everybody and kind of mold yourself into, you know, who you want to be as a coach when you grow up or, you know, a player and you learn the positives and things like that um, and, and the negatives, it's, it's a good way to kind of round out, you know, who you are as a person and things like that. Yeah. Well said. That was from, yeah, that thanks. question was from Miguel. Thanks yeah. for uh, chiming in Miguel. Yeah, thanks for the uh, thanks for the question. All right, we got 
I was advised to send you guys a message because I heard you specialize in this sort of advice. I'm going into my second to last year of junior eligibility, but ideally I can make the transition to NCAA D1 after this season. I'm still going to campus and such, but I have already secured contracts in both the CCHL and the OJHL. Do you have any input on which would give me the best chance to develop and get scouted to make Division One? I would really appreciate some input. Thanks, Will. Uh, that's a good question, Will. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, and with with you know, I think Josh Siaco said it best. Or maybe Paul Pearl, one of those guys. But you know, you, college scouts, Division One scouts, they're going to go to the leagues where you know where there's other Division One kids that are playing, or there's been you know prior you know a, a strong history of kids. Um, that have went and got division one scholarships out of that league. They don't just, you know, most scouts aren't just going to some, you know, off the beaten path rank in, in the middle of nowhere. Most of those guys are going to these, you know, big high level, um, you know, leagues, and that's where they get a majority of their players from, um, you know, whether it's the CCHL or the OJHL or the, you know, the, the British Columbia league or the USHL or the, you know, the NAHL, whatever it may be. Um, you know, prep schools, different things like that. So, you know, if there's been prior kids that have, have went to Division One from those leagues, you know, wherever you feel you're going to get the best opportunity to go and play and contribute it and, and, and have a, you know, kind of a, a, you know, good opportunity to get, you know, a, a good amount of playing time and things like that, uh, that'll provide you the best, you know, chance of moving on to the next level. Right, Mots? Yeah, that, that's a good point. You know, you want to, you don't want to chase, you know, programs just because, but what to your point though, BYs, if there is some little bit of a pipeline to D1, according to the league or a certain team, and you put yourself in a good position to be able to play on that team and produce, and you're going to get noticed. So just kind of like took it, take a look at some depth charts and, uh, you know, make the right decision on, you know, what league is appropriate you feel for your skill set. And another thing is, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Yeah. You know, so you, you want to put yourself in a good position to be recognized or, or found easier. But you put the work in and, um, you know, word of mouth, you know, you know, with the social media and everything, those guys can watch your games from, you know, wherever, um, with Live Barn and all these different streaming services. So if you are good enough, and word gets out, you will be found. And uh, but just keep staying the course, like we talked about earlier about you know missing your window. You're not missing your window. You still have plenty of time. So put the work in, and and um, you know you'll you'll end up where you want to go. So the only thing I, I'd, I'd add to it, Mots, is you know, and then just to say to Will is you know talking to the coaches of of those you know particular teams, like. I knew that, you know, and you knew, right? Like Jack Foley had a history at their academy of putting kids into Division One colleges and Division One programs. I knew that, you know, Billy Hansen at CM and and then Steve Jacobs had an unbelievable uh, track record of getting his guys to to Division One, um, you know, Division One uh, scholarship opportunities. You know, they, they had really good relationships with college coaches. So I would have that type of conversation with 
uh, the coaches of, of, you know, those particular teams in the leagues and you know, like, what's your history? Who have you placed into, you know, division one programs? What are your relationships with uh, those different coaches? Like, what are they like? And, and, you know, same thing can be said for division three schools and things like that. If your goal is to just play college hockey, like if you have, you know, good, um, you know, good coaching, like on the ice, but also they have good contacts and they're, you know, in the scene and you're consistently, you know, seeing them place guys into division one programs. I think that's a, you know, it, it, it really says a lot because a lot of times, you know, if, if, you know, if Steve, Steve Jacobs picked up the phone and called any college coach in the country, that guy was calling him back. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm just using Jake as an example, obviously, cause I know he did it for me, but um, you know, it, it so a little bit of research on the coaching front, I would say, is is very important. I think that's a great point. I mean, I do feel like the the coaches that do a good job at that that's that is part of their job is to move one hundred along, and, yeah, and place them and have the contacts um, to be able to make those calls. So that was a good point. Uh, glad you you uh, added that to to Will's uh, answer. Good good job, guy. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, we got the uh, My Hockey Rankings question of the week. Uh, guys here at My Hockey Rankings, I know they're getting busy getting all the rankings, getting all the teams plugged into the website. So make sure, you know, we're right around the season from the <clears throat> hockey season's right around the corner, I should say. So make sure you check out MyHockeyRankings.com. See where your teams stack up versus everybody else. But here's the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. Uh, hockey season is right around the corner. What is the number one thing you lo- you're looking forward to as a coach next season? For me, um, you, you know, it's a little, yeah, you. No, for yeah, for me, I'm just saying. Like I, I was talking about this uh, with the CEO the other day, and um, the U18 team that I'll be coaching will have a lot of prep school kids that might not be able to make it to practice. So, you know, just being, I think I'm going to have to, because I really love practice time and that's when, you know, you feel, I feel you can have the most impact as a coach. So I think it's going to be a little bit more game, you know, adjustments, you know, so I'm looking forward to that actually just to, you know, have a little bit of a different challenge instead of being prepared on what we want to accomplish. And um, so we'll have, uh you know, we'll just have a little different dynamic, you know, maybe the attendance won't be as great if kids can't get off campus playing another sport. I know, but there will be some unknowns, but I'm, I'm excited about getting it going and being committed to helping, um, you know, the boys as well as they can in the foot season. Yeah. I mean, I know you love the in-game adjustments, so that's pretty, you know, it's, it's always fun for, uh, for that. And I think, you know, for me personally, I, I, I just like, um, you know, working with kids on each of our team, there's some, you know, different, um, you know, some like a little bit of turnover, a couple new players and things like that. So I was actually on the ice last night and, uh, it was fun just being out there, like, you know, moving pucks around, getting guys and, you know, really focusing on, um, you know, kids and passing and moving pucks and making plays and, you know, I really like, you know, the, the last, um, you know, a couple of times I've been on the ice, I've really been, you know, trying to focus on kids individual skills and you know they're getting to that age where it's like changing the angle of their shots and using some deception before they shoot the puck and things like that so those are you know a couple little skills that i think that you know kids you know me coaching you know 12 and 13 year olds and then also 
you know, basically 10, 11 year old kids uh, next season. I think it's very important for them to start to to get down and continue to, to work at. So I just like, you know, the skill implementation, working on that stuff. Obviously, the practices are, you know, where all the improvement happened. I love being on the ice for practice and getting kids better. Um having a lot of energy and things like that i've enjoyed you know a nice little break so like last night like i said i was on the ice for two hours and you know just the way it worked out because um you know we summer ice and some kids couldn't be there because of baseball and things like that so i just had my 09s and my 11s just on the ice for two straight hours and literally uh the zamboni guy opened the door at, at seven o'clock when the two hours are up i'm like we're already done. You know what I mean? It was just like, I can't believe I'm like, I feel like we just got out here. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's so much more to accomplish. So it's just, you know, it's fun starting out a new season, just working with kids and, you know, each kid is, is different. So it's like, you know, not everybody, you know, some kid might be really good at one thing, but he's, you know, deficient in something else. So it's, you know, trying to work with each one of those kids on, on getting better on their particular skill set. So, you know, I love that type of, you know, that, that pot of practice and getting, you know, getting out on the ice and working with kids. And then the games are always just, you know, they're just the fun pot for the kids. Obviously it gets a little bit stressful for the coaches, but, you know, I get excited about just being down, being, you know, behind the bench and, you know, help, helping coach kids up. Yeah. Coach them up, shaping the youth. Look at you. Mots, we got some breaking news here. What do we got? Harry from High Park, I guess, just called in and left a message. Oh. I don't know where he's been. Talk about a summer hiatus, but Harry is back. Uh, I haven't I heard his it. voice in a while. I know. As we're, as we're recording, this is like he could have called in live. That would have been awesome. <laughs> guess who's back? Back again. Harry's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Na 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 Told you I had Ryan's B Y. By the time this airs, the Ring Street Street Hockey Tournament will be completed. But all the fans of the show, hopefully, they got down there and cheer on the kids. Can't wait to see how many crazy hockey parents screaming and yelling during this tournament. I'll be down there, though, incognito. Irregardless, I will be there cheering on the kids. Yay! <laughs> Harry is back. I love yeah. it. And he's going to be at the street hockey tournament. Oh, baby. Oh, that's a, it's amazing. Yeah, he, he can rhyme. He can drop some rhymes. Look at that. I mean, yeah. but he came back with a vengeance. That's unbelievable. That is, yeah, he he's buzzing. Harry's in midseason form. I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, we, we could have like a Wiz Waldo, like Wiz Harry, you know, just Absolutely. Have like random dudes, like just you go up, and we got we to go up and like ask him to talk. And we're like, oh, that's Harry. <laughs> he might have to wear a disguise down there. Some people might be coming for him, <laughs> you know. Well, it's uh, good it's so to hear good. from Harry. I, you know, I know. I think back in Harry's, you know, heyday, he was a bit of a DJ, so I knew he could rhyme a little bit. But you know, it's good to hear his voice. That's for sure. I can't wait for future calls with Harry yeah. all hockey season long. Yeah, you know, he he's just taking the summer off a bit. You know, like we tell everyone to put their bags away, he put his voice away for a little bit and calling in. So we we always love the uh, the calls, Harry, and looking forward to uh, 
seeing you down at the street hockey event. So yeah, appreciate absolutely. the support. Thanks, Harold. Uh, all right, next one up here. Appreciate the great content you guys provide. Do you guys have any thoughts on kids who use other players' water bottles because they forgot their own without asking? That is question mark. MM. Did you send this in, Mike Motto? <laughs> Incognito. Um, I. I mean. I don't know what it is now. I guess it was COVID or something, but everyone had their own water bottle. But no, nah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it and not asking. I don't know. Is is the norm now that everyone has their own water bottle? Yeah, I mean, I think since the COVID thing and, you know, before, obviously, I mean, we used to always just, you know, whatever, every coach, like even when oh, I was yeah, running. coaches would the, bring them. Yeah, when I was running the Terriers organization, we used to just provide each coach with, you know, a half dozen water bottles and they just bring and you know whatever somebody fills them up for the team but since the uh, the whole you know covid nonsense uh, started everybody started to bring their own and i guess people get weirded out when they use other people's and things like that i still occasionally see some kids sipping on um each other's but i guess the safest thing to to do is probably for each player just to to bring their own water bottle um BYO like both on it no, I know. I know. It's like You're squirting it, but I don't know. I guess, I guess it's kind of a scummy move if that's the, the norm that everyone has it. And if they forget theirs, they just kind of grab it without asking. Yeah, what's a kid going to like die of thirst? Like, I mean, I guess, I guess if you're going to use somebody else's water bottle, the probably the right thing to do is just ask, Hey, dude, can I get a sip? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I was saying like, if, if you don't ask, then it's kind of a brutal move, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a problem with it, you know, but you just got to do, do it the right way. Remember, like, back in the day, if one kid had, like, whatever, like, Gatorade or something in his water bottle, and you just take it all on him, basically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? you're that guy. Definitely. But nowadays, it's, I guess if you're going to use somebody else's bottle, my answer is ask him first, and if – but the right thing to do is just kind of bring your own water bottle to games and practices so you have it so you can hydrate on your own and then we don't have to deal with those issues. I'll tell you, it has made the coach's job a little bit easier not having to lug the water bottles around. Yeah. Um, it reminds me, though, I was playing Little League and this kid had the <laughs> six six feet of bubble tape. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, dude, can I get a, uh, you know, some like a little sliver can or whatever? I, can I get an arm's length? Yeah, he, he took like a tiny little, like one inch piece, ripped it, and then licked the top of the rest of it, so no one else could get any. <laughs> I'm like, that's a ridiculously selfish move, kid. But I, I got like a little inch out of him, like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I just thought of that. But would you have I mean, still taken a little bit more even after he licked the top? Uh yeah, I would have. Not anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> i probably would have too I'd be like dude i don't care yeah i mean i mean should i just call him out because i probably would you definitely remember his name yeah casey trollson no way yeah that's unbelievable you played against him right yeah i played against him i played with uh big daddy kevin. drew at unh i played yeah. with kevin yeah he's uh yeah good family though i his dad was uh my little league coach forever and I just remember that one, one, uh, one little instant. He was just, uh, you know, he just wanted his bubble tape. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, respect it, respect yeah. it. 
He gave me a little sliver, though. At least he shared. Yeah, exactly. I, I was the only one, so I, I shouldn't be complaining. The worst is, though, when you're like you were the seed guy and, you know, let's say you went out to the field and you had seeds. Everyone sniped them. And then everybody sniped them when you got back and they're all gone. Like, yeah. oh, you'd have to hide them wherever you like. Back then, we didn't have those baseball bags and stuff like they all do now. Right. So it was just like your seeds were just there for the taking. Yeah. In the, in the wide open. Right, we got I remember question here. I was I was at CM. This is a funny story. And we had like the i was playing whatever freshman at jv baseball and i'm like all right guys i'm running to the store that we had like the coach was driving the vans and i'm like anybody want seeds of gum and everything and i'm like yeah yeah sure so guys gave me money i went in and i came out and i just got like all snacks i just i didn't get any (laughs) i didn't get any seeds or anything i just got like whatever fritos and combos and Funyuns, chips, like cookies, different things like that. I just came out with all snacks. They're like, dude, how are we going to eat these during the game? I'm like, ah, oh, I was starving. <laughs> Combos. Um, so what do we got here? This skills versus shinny. My son plays high-level hockey, having two real practices a week and two to three games. It's like pulling teeth at his age, which is eight years old, to get him to go out uh, on an optional skill. Every time he plays roller hockey or pick up ice hockey, he doesn't want to come off the ice or the court. Isn't that the main goal of development for younger kids? I'm not saying zero skills, but tossing a shinny once a week would keep them loose and motivated for the games. You know, I'd like your thoughts. And this is from Dennis. I mean, I think skills are obviously important. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely see the value in playing shinny. I mean, I grew up um you know Quincy shinny back in the day like there was nothing better just going out and playing and you know it's it's kind of like our version um especially locally here where the ponds don't freeze over and there's not as much time to play um outside you know like there's not that you know that unstructured play but like that's what i used to host you know little shinnies on like day off of schools and things like that when i was working in the ranks and i loved it like i love just kids like just, hey, throw the sticks or, you know, divide yourselves up into two teams. Parents, stay out of the way and, like, let's just go play. I, I, I definitely see a ton of value in playing shinny hockey. And, you know, the same can be said. Like, obviously, doing skills are very important, but I think so much can be learned from shinny hockey. And I always thought one of the, you know, the best things about the, you know, Quincy shinny back in the day, especially as we got, like, into high school age, like, you know, I'd be a freshman, sophomore in high school and there'd be, college and pro guys guys like yourself out there playing and you better you know you learned really quick like what you could do and what you you mm-hmm. couldn't do you know what i mean yeah i absolutely agree and i i think this is a great point by dennis you know that they can be a you know it would be most beneficial i think to have a little balance between you know the practices and some structure and what you really need to do in a game in that unstructured creative play you know sometimes the skills are a little painful after like you play maybe three games on a weekend and then you usually it was like a Monday night. It's yeah. You like, got oh. Monday night skills. Yeah. And then you, you know, I, I do, I, I really do appreciate that. That's, um, you know, playing on the street, uh, on the tennis courts, you know, that unstructured three on three, or even if it's five on five, you do learn a lot. You kind of, you know, can, you know, let your guide down as far as, you know, the structure of the game and it's in this purest form, you know, like we talked about like pond hockey. So, yeah, and you learn a lot. Um, you know, like we 
that's all I did was play street hockey. And then you learn a couple different moves that, you, you know, doesn't work against certain guys, works against other guys. And you just kind of figure it out along the way naturally. So I think that's a, a really good point. And I would encourage him to continue to play shinny along with, you know, the practices. But those skills are they, they can be a little painful at, at times. You know. No, they definitely can. And you want to talk about like learning early, you know, or young, young age kind of leadership skills and things like that. Like, you know, throw 10 kids on the rink and, and, you know, let the parents step out in the parking lot and let them figure it out. You know what I mean? Let them figure it out. Like, you know, there's going to be one or two guys that are going to be, Hey guys, let's split up. Let's get into teams. Let's get organized. And like, you'll see really quick who your leaders are, even at those younger age groups. So I think, so much can be learned from playing shinny hockey, um, you know, just going out and messing around, dividing up in a team. The worst part about shinny hockey, because I used to organize kind of a lot of them, is goalies. If mm-hmm. you don't have goalies, if goalies don't show up to shinny, it absolutely crushes you. Right, yeah. Mots? Like, there's exactly. nothing worse. There's nothing worse. Yeah, and as far as that leadership stuff, even, you know, like you just say a goalie doesn't show, then you got to come up with a game. You know, or if there's one goalie, you know, it's kind of neat to like just figure things out on the fly and you're still playing and, you know, competing and having fun at the same time. So I like that um, that question, Dennis. So appreciate you uh, writing in and hopefully uh, we, we we beat it up enough, but um, hopefully you can find some balance between the shinny and the, the structure practices. Definitely. Um, this mailbag was brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Ready for a slap shot summer with plenty of off-ice workouts? Check out franklinsports.com for all your training needs. Yeah, check them out. Um, Franklin Street Hockey is doing some really good stuff. That they have all the training tools and whatnot, so make sure you check them out. Uh, franklinsports.com. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up here, Mott, so obviously like to take a minute um, to give a rundown on what's going, uh, what's going to be going down on Saturday at the Street Hockey Festival um, down there again at the Kingston Collection, 101 Kingston Collection Way in Kingston, Massachusetts. Um, so if you're stopping by, even if you're not playing in the, in the festival, you're more than welcome to come. There's going to be a ton of you know, good stuff going on. We're going to be there all day. Uh, all of our kids, it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. I talked to my father. He's going to come down with a couple of his father. You know, my father's first question was Mott's. What do you think it was? Uh, are they going to be beers? <laughs> he goes, can I bring a cooler? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course that. Come on. Absolutely. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a street yeah. hockey tournament. Like, oh, what else will we be doing? Um, but uh, like I said, you can stop by, check out. There's going to be awesome uh, vendors and things like that. So we've got Frosty and Friends food truck. They're going to be coming in the morning. And, you know, coffee, iced coffee, cold brew, handmade donuts, and other sweet treats. They're going to be there first thing uh, in the morning. Lolly Jolly Waffles truck. Wow, Mots, that sounds super healthy for us. I, I, I love a good waffle. Uh, have a waffle and try and work it off. Yeah, exactly. Talk about uh, shaping up the dad bods. Uh, Belgian waffles, filled, loaded waffle fries, chicken and waffles. Oh, chicken and waffles is phenomenal. Uh, hopefully, they have we got good access, nice clean porta potties after that one. Um, hockey players in business, uh, equip, uh, the equipment swap opens. They'll be around uh, all day as well. Bring your used gear to donate or swap for a bigger size. Uh, this is. Really cool stuff, Mots, uh, being able to unload and, and, you know, 
get some some new stuff i know so many people have basements full of old crap that they're looking to get rid of so bring that stuff down and and maybe you can swap it out for some bigger size uh bigger sizes um and things like that you know yeah it's really cool uh what they're doing with that so yeah throw throw together a bag and see uh if you can find some uh some stuff to swap that would be that's actually a great idea yeah, it's a great idea. White Molly's going to be there. Uh, get your style on and check out this sick coastal swag that uh, the White Molly um, does. They got awesome you know, sweatshirts, hats, things like that. I love watching those guys and everything on uh, on social media. Yeah, they're great. Great people, great family. And uh, we'll be, uh, be sure to be rocking some White Molly gear. It's good. It is a lot of good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Sparks, like we talked about earlier, um, their hockey, you know, they're going to be down there with the Sparks hockey uh, skate shopping machine. So bring your skates. You can get them sharpened up at the Sparks truck. Um, you know, check them out. Obviously, the in-home skate shopping machine that we talked about, uh, everything that they do. And trust me, like I said, uh, you know, we're, we're huge fans of it. And uh, we're, you know, really happy for them to be part of the show and and you know they're going to be come down hanging out with us on saturday obviously uh mots i know you were looking for this one and and you know you're more of a grimy guy because i was i was you know i was talking about this like who's going to go in the dunk tank and i i definitely have you as an early candidate yeah i'm raising my hand right away right away so yeah put your shot to test test out the dunk tank uh dunk mots you know the, the, the they're saying that i'm getting in there but there's no chance uh but you know maybe we can dunk your friends i'll throw one of my kids in there or something like that you know yeah i mean we shouldn't have it like so uh, i guess he might not be able to do it with the uh if you shoot the ball you know that'd yeah be pretty, that'd be pretty cool yeah that's yeah. i think that's the whole thing take I a know. nice little wrist shot and dunk mots yeah and if you can't then maybe you have to throw uh with your opposite hand and, and i'll be up there high and dry high and dry <laughs> dude you know who would be a perfect candidate for the dunk tank is harry from high park oh let, let's let's get harry in the t- in the tank he would be talking some garbage to some little kids he definitely will and and he'll be talking he'll be talking a ton of crap to the parents so you know <laughs> dunk harry harry is an early volunteer to get in the the, the dunk tank uh jalen's burger tent they're gonna have burgers dogs and fries they'll be there early afternoon uh the hockey fest inflatable mini rink um take it off the street and put your skills to test in the mini sheet that the hockey fest guys are going to be bringing down uh i'm sorry bringing down the sauce toss uh the guys at, at sauce hockey were able to, to donate a uh, sauce toss kit which is pretty cool so uh, take a chance at uh, bringing home your own sauce toss. And then uh, later in the day, Landmark, uh, obviously our boy Rusta Mariano and Ed Brooks from the Landmark uh, Public House and the Boston Junior Terriers. Uh, they've donated a bunch of pizzas that are going to be there early afternoon um, for every bit of much. And I actually, dude, I buried like three pizzas from Landmark last night. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the, the pizza's unbelievable there. I bellied up a few times and had had some uh, some good pie there so we really appreciate them stepping up and uh, providing us with with some pizzas for the uh, for the adults and the kids so that's really nice of them absolutely uh also we'll have some uh 
you know, pretty cool materials that the edge, uh, performance systems and clever, obviously edge EPS, uh, which is, you know, Brian McDonough and his crew, uh, Jess Coyle, Charlie's sister They're um, you know, they've done, they're doing unbelievable things down at the Foxborough rink and their workout and, and everything and all the amount of players that are working out with those guys, uh, at EPS do a good, great job. So, we're going to have some cool materials with them and uh, they'll be able to showcase uh, their app and also clever, which is uh Christopher Stieg's app, which is, you know, really, really cool. Um, you know, we had Chris on, you can go back and, you know, I forget which episode it was, but he talks about his app. So we'll have some cool material. His is, you know, great coaching app that is able to use in going in game, you know, post game instruction, things like that, which is uh really, really good. you know, and really the, you know, we all talk about video review and things like that, how cool it is and um, you know, what, it, how important it is for coaching. So that clever app is uh really good stuff. I know you've uh, checked it out as well, Mott. Yeah, we'll be able to like uh, you know record some of the stuff you know even within the street hockey uh, the tournament, but it has some great capabilities from the coaching side, and it really is a, like a community of uh, hockey players that you know you can share your your uh, clips and you can you can use it as a team app as well, like we talked about um, a couple weeks ago on on our last mailbag. But um, yeah, wicked excited about all the uh, the people who stepped up the vendor trucks and uh all the little activities that are going to be going on so it's gonna be plenty to do and uh just really looking forward to the sixth the first annual ring shrink street hockey festival so if you're in the area pop by yeah make sure you pop by obviously like we said uh the hockey players in business that equipment swap is going to be really cool also shout out to uh torch pro who's going to be coming down bells uh, will be there and, and a couple of the, the Torch Pro guys giving out, um, you know, doing some video for us. They're going to have a drone overhead, uh, you know, getting some really, really cool footage of stuff. And obviously the Hockey Fest guys will be down there. and It'll be a really, really fun day. So hopefully if you're in the area, stop by again, the Kingston Collection, 101 Kingston Collection Way. Uh, Mott's right off the highway, right? Yeah, it's right off of, uh, I don't even know the exit numbers now after they changed them. But Yeah, they changed them. So now it used to be probably exit like six. Now it's like 627,000 or something. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, yeah. They, they, they changed that. The, if you're not from around here, you'll, if you're from around here, you'll know my point. Yeah, so just punch in Kingston Collection and you'll find your way there. But yeah, um, Easy enough. Oh, the other thing was I was on the ice with um, – from Matt Miles at Exposure Hockey last week. He ran a great camp locally here in the Boston area. Um, you know, he had a lot of guys coming through there, and it was uh, it was a good day. And um, Miles nice must have lost him. my number. Yeah, I know. Jeez, I think you're you're working. You're working. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The or old he sent work. it in the mail. Oh, it happened overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly Miles. yeah jeez. Uh, and also uh, i'm gonna have to bust his balls a little bit yeah that's that's typical i didn't know what happened between 11 45 p.m and 7 30 a.m while i was working wow jeez <laughs> i would have i would have loved to throw some sauce with you on the ice you know down there with working with those guys no that's awesome i'm just joking around uh that's great that those guys they they had you down i know there's a lot of talented young guys out there right yeah, there was a lot of uh, young, good talent, and um, you know, it's just interesting to see some motivated kids, you know, looking to. We did small area games, and you, the compete was there, and you know, it was, it was pretty good. Like I, I just mentioned to them, you know, hey, listen, practice, you know, like you're gonna play in a game. Don't come out here and you know, you know, acquire bad habits, whether it be passing, 
you know, work ethic, you know, and the kids responded to the messages. So it was really good. I had a lot of fun. That's great. No, good stuff. Uh, well, besides that, hopefully you can join us at the street hockey festival. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Moss, unless you got anything else. I do have one more thing. So, um, we posted a Mott's moment on, was that Sunday maybe? Yeah. And about the, um, you know, the renegade pieces of grass. I had the yeah, yeah, and your dance moves. What, what, is, what is that thing? Oh, so that's a renegade. So it's a I'm, renegade, renegade grass piece, and it's a dance move. Yeah, it's a dance move. I mean, the girls were trying to teach me, and I just totally butchered it. But whatever. I thought you did pretty good. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, it's you know, it's a work in progress. But um, yeah, it was a uh, Du Perrin uh, Broski came up with the uh, it's the nut edge uh so he's calling me a rookie but um nut edge and they get sedge hammer to like put the over the um you know to treat it and it'll kill it so i just wanted to give a, a, a thank you uh, Whoa, you said like nudge hammer broski no no so that's that it was whoa, from whoa, Duparin whoa. underscore broski that was that's oh, like his handle his Duparin underscore broski yeah so it's the renegade piece of grass is nut edge and uh he said to get some sedge hammer so looked it up i'm gonna shoot down to the um to the nursery and grab some and uh hopefully it'll it'll take care of it but the, the kids were fired up that i had some answers instead of having them come out for a family weed picking party so would that be could 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 that work on like the weeds that i was talking about too instead of me having to pluck those like a the peasant that i am I'm not a hundred percent sure because this is like uh, just like well, a maybe ask Broski if I can do it. Yeah, I'll get back to him. Yeah, let me be like BY's got some issues with the with the weeds that are growing up around his flowers, and he's. I mean, I'm getting dirt in my knuckles here, Matza. That's not my style. <laughs> so we got uh, you know a um, little website here, and like there was, a, there was a lot of information shared. So we appreciate. Uh, People following the Mott's moment and, and adding some value. Love it. Adding some value and, and the Mott's doing the renegade. I thought it was, I thought you did really good. I didn't know. What's that, a TikTok or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Hey, stepping up your game. Well, on that note, like we said, uh, we're fired up. Um, you know, thanks for all the mailbag questions. Thanks for Harry from High Park jumping back in mid session. Can't wait for him to uh, be in the dunk tank on Saturday. That's going to be awesome. And I uh, can't wait to that, that, that I'll be whatever it costs to get him dunked. Well, that'll be awesome. Uh, can't wait for that. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody. Hopefully everybody listens to this on Friday when it drops. And uh, we'll see you down in Kingston on Saturday. And time to uh, cue the rink shrink shuffle, Jersey. 